Welcome to another edition of ZabChat. Two guests today. Great to have you with us. Please follow us on Spotify. But uh, our principal, Mr. William Doherty, Bill, and uh, of course our college captain, Nick Francis, are here to get the ball rolling. How are you, Bill? I'm really well, thanks, Hills. It's lovely to be back into the swing of things in Term 3. Nick, is that how you're finding things, mate? Yeah, definitely. It's great to get back into the rhythm of school. Um, Everyone's come back pretty refreshed and ready to go for a big Term 3. And uh, I guess for us, Year 12s, um, you know, the final term of uh, school for us. So, you know, we've got a big four-day-week block, including exams to, you know, really go for it with our studies and have plenty of fun along the way. But, um, yeah, it's getting to the business end, which is really exciting. And it's fair to say, Nick, like, uh, it's effectively your last term of school. Yeah, pretty it's much. It's a little bit at the beginning of term four, but this is uh, this is the, the moving term yep. and the one to really round it out. So are you... How do you sense Year 12 are at at this stage? Yeah, we're in a good spot. Um, you know, as I said, everyone's come back in good shape um, and there's plenty of energy, um, you know, amongst the cohort in the Hawkins room at recess and lunch. So, um, yeah, we're ready to go. Um, we're up for the challenge and, you know, we'll, get, we'll give it our best crack. Perfect. And no one sprints for 14 weeks, but it is a really constant, constant grind. Yeah, and you nice. keep momentum and you get and keep the movement. It's uh, it's good. I think the boys are in good form. So, And something uh, something I love is how many people pull me up and enjoy the variety of guests we've had uh, on ZavChat. And uh, I'll leave you guys to introduce today's two guests. And I think, folks listening, I think you're going to find this really interesting and enjoyable. Well, we're going to go right to the heart of the school. I think the school's got a few hearts, but it's only really ever got one which is our ignatian lens that we put to everything that we do uh, immersions are a wonderful expression of that and a great a chance to really touch um, humanity and reflect back so we're going to unpack these things today but we're joined by uh, frank cumbo our director of faith and service and james johnson who's just returned uh, from uh, an immersion to tmls so maybe james to you firstly um, oh, this question is going to come in two parts from me but um, like how was it? As in, what did you experience there? So for, like, for those who have, haven't has a sense of Timor, what was it like? Well, firstly, I just want to say thank you to both Nick and um, Mr Doherty, as well as Shane, for giving us the opportunity to come and talk about um, the Timor Leste excursion today. It was absolutely a really beautiful experience to be sort of immersed into a different culture. And something I sort of learned about immersions is it's so much more about what you can learn from others rather than what they can learn from you. So the initial experience to Timor was the first thing I found was hot and humid. So getting off the plane in Dili was, um, I think, just sweating everywhere. It wasn't a lot of fun, but um, the beauty I found was in its people. So you know, you walk around everywhere and you say bon dia, which means good morning, and people would wave back to you and your obrigados, which is a thank yous, and just a general happiness. I mean, these people just have such little sort of um, opportunities and so much, um, not just nowhere near the amount of stuff we have either in Australia or back in home, but it was just amazing to see what they can do with what they have and sort of bring the beauty back into life. Now, James, I loved how, um, A, you were learning the language and that courtesy of um, of greetings and customs yes. in, in the native tongue. The other thing you were referencing was the senses. You know, you started with it was hot and humid. Yeah. Uh, I find when you go to another land, mm. especially one very different from your own, your senses come alive. It, what you hear, the, the beeping of horns and the greeting of people... Um, 
I guess that was your experience. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the first thing we sort of given was sort of the animals. So you'd walk around and there's a funny experience. We went to Santa Cruz Cemetery and um, we're walking through the graveyard and it's a pretty sort of sad and very um, sort of significant place of Timorese history. But um, it was funny enough, one of there was a goat that was tied up to sort of a tree nearby and it was sort of sitting on a grave and um, just watching over everyone. But definitely sort of those... Um, the sounds, you know, you'd hear the um, chickens when you wake up in the boarding house down in Relaco and then you sort of, you'd walk around and you'd hear people talking, students laughing, as well as just, you know, the amount of motorbikes sort of um, going all across, you know, the country it was really impressive. Great. And what's equally impressive here is just these um, places and terms are just rolling off your tongue like you've been living there for a few years. So my second bit of the question was obviously... Um, and we'll get to other bits, maybe the experience that stuck for you, but uh, translating that now back into your life at Xavier and your life in Melbourne, have you been able to begin to reconcile the differences of Timor with now life back here in Melbourne? I'd say it just makes you just so much more grateful for you back back here. I mean, I think it's, as Australians, very easy living on an island to think, you know, our issues and the stuff we have here are just... Um, a lot more significant than it is for others. Like statistics of sort of Timorese is their average family income is 300 USD. And when you think about, you know, me with my part-time job at, you know, Mac is not earning too much, but I can probably make more than that. And just, it makes you question sort of if they have so little, you know, why can they be so happy? And that's sort of like, you know, I think sometimes the more you have, the more you want. And it's sort of a beautiful thing to think, to come back here to Australia and, you know, to let people know about, you know, these sort of people, these beautiful people who still find so many ways to, you know, to fill your day with like happiness and fulfillment, even though they, you know, I think I want to come back to this um, and something I really learned was they'll have nowhere near the opportunities of myself or just anyone in Australia. And um, yeah, it was just um, an amazing time. And I just, um, I come back a lot more sort of ready to do more, you know, in, in Australia, whether that's to tell people more about this experience, but also more to like, be better for myself because I um there was a very sort of special moment um with one, some of the students who were exceptionally talented out in Relaco, great English skills, exceptionally maths. I'd say they were at if not higher than my level of education, but they'll just not get anywhere near. I will. They they won't not go to university, or they might not um get a nice job, and it makes me think I've got to put more work in to mean that it's more significant. So like I can use what I've been given you know, more greatly. Yeah, James, sounds like an amazing experience. Um, I heard that you guys went with a bunch of different Jesuit schools. Um, so firstly, how was it, you know, um, connecting with all those different um, students from those schools? And then as a group, um, I understand you guys did some like community service, taught in some schools, and, you know, how was that experience of giving back over there? Yeah, so I'd say firstly, the experience with other um, sort of Jesuit schools, which included Loyola Watsonia, um, St Ignatius Geelong, St. Ashes, Adelaide, Riverview and Allos was just, it was amazing. I never really sort of gained that connection. I think it's something I really want to do some more work in to try and get that connection between Jesuit schools. I know we have the Jesuit Cup, but I think there's a lot more work we could do in that area. I made a comment on these students. I said, not only do they excel in their various talents, but just in being great people, great people of Ignatius, of Ignatian spirituality. And I think it was such a you know, you, you talk with the Riverview boys and for us it's, you know, Zabs versus Skebs and for them it's, you know, Riverview versus Joey's and the sort of similarities, but also between all the other schools, I think it was just a beautiful experience. Going on sort of experiences and sort of um, our, 
what we did for Ignatian service, yes, we had um, a lot of teaching, which was a lot of fun, you know, some, the level of English really varied between schools, but it was more so learning about their culture. And I was trying to apply sort of the questions they wanted to know about me into like, this is what, how you say it in English. And, you know, that's when they next have a conversation with someone. These are the sort of questions they can ask. As well as also, we were privileged to go onto a feeding clinic with some of um, the poorest and most disadvantaged sort of children of a very poor and disadvantaged country. I mean, these kids were just, um, just had nothing. I mean, it was really, really sad. And I found a beauty in sort of um, the opportunity to not make them smile, but to make their family smile, who just sacrificed so much. And that was just really little games. And they would get sort of two sort of feedings a week, big ones from Father Bong, who's one of the Jesuits right there. As well as also, we did a medical clinic up in Tabalasi, which is in the very, very remote mountains. And that was sort of the same story. I mean, you know, a lot of sort of um, problems with health-related things because they just can't get enough food to eat on the table. But that was, um, yeah, a really good time. James, before we go, bring Frank into the conversation, <clears throat> um, just a question around faith mm. uh, and an experience of um, the religious dimension of the communities that you visited. Uh, we've got a bit of a changing profile mm. maybe in, in our um, country and certainly in, in, in Melbourne as much as it's vibrant, I believe, still at Xavier. Um, but what, what was your impression of the, the faith life of the communities that you visited and maybe a reflection there? Well, firstly, I'd like to say that Timor is extremely Catholic. So about well, 97% Catholic. Um, there was such a beauty I found in faith. I mean, it was most of all the singing and it really brought a bit of emotion to me. Um, and it reminded me a lot of times back at sort of St. Ignatius Day Mass and, you know, you raised me up and Miss Casca, funny enough, would say, you know, James, you should join in, you should try and help it. But I said, like, I didn't want to join in as a fear that I wouldn't do it the justice it deserved because they, not only were they talented at music, they've been doing singing since they were young, but the two words, and I think every sort of person really could take from this is loud and proud and just such passion for their um, sort of faith and professing. I mean, we walked in Kasai and they're similar to Xavier, their church is in the centre of the school. And every time a student walks past it, they bow in front of the church, in front of the tabernacle, and they get down. You know, it's a very similar things, but yeah, just a lot of energy. And I think I'd love to see that more at, you know, Xavier College Masses. And I think something we could do a lot better sometimes. For our listeners here, James is one of our leading musicians uh, and is eminently qualified uh, to be able to reflect on these elements. James, I'm just loving your, the depth mm. of your reflection here. It's, we could one of these episodes again, Shane and Nick, that we could be chatting on for an age. But um, we'll we'll, un, we'll unpack other things as we go through. And looking forward to coming back to this in a few weeks' time. But Frank, um, in your position, you're um, overseeing a, an immersion program uh, across the college, and obviously we're going far further than just Timor. Maybe just your reflections here on what you see to be um, the breadth of our immersion program, but Maybe talk a little bit about the depth that you see, how you see it impacting on student lives and experience. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity to speak to those things. I think in terms of the breadth, we do some immersions with First Nations communities uh, in remote parts of Australia because we value reconciliation uh, as one of our uh, pillars of faith and service. But we also do go internationally and we connect with Cardinaire, with other Jesuit communities, with other Jesuit schools. Uh, so in addition to Timor-Leste, we're also sending off some students at the end of the year to India and to Thailand for uh, related and similar but different experiences. They're different contexts. The, the church in, in Thailand is facing different challenges to the church in Timor-Leste and similarly in India. And I think 
part of the rationale for having this immersion program is to provide all Zaverians with the opportunity to hear what is it like to be a Catholic, a member of a Jesuit community, or to just be a human being in many different places around the world, to give that global perspective that we sometimes lack. Uh, we often say, uh, unfortunately, you know, out of sight, out of mind, um, some of the real challenges that people face in other places around the world are, um, are sort of lost to us. And to have students speak about those experiences with other students, it's all well and good to look at them in a geography classroom, to look at statistics. And, and James mentioned a few statistics in, in some of his remar remarks earlier on. But to bring that back down to the personal I met these people. I went to these places. I, I, I uh, encountered uh, people living in these conditions. I think that's a, a really more, a much more powerful experience for young people. And it also reflects, I think, a little bit of the um, desire that St. Ignatius had. You know, his big thing when starting the Jesuits was he wanted to go to Jerusalem. He wanted to have that experience, to go to a holy place, to have these experiences. And he was um, frustrated in that desire, but I think that that's still an important insight that going to, to places and then coming back and sharing those experiences with others is uh, is an important element of, of how we can um, we can share what we value with others. A really interesting perspective, Frank. Uh, I travelled to Croatia in the holidays just gone, an amazingly Catholic country, picking up what James said about Timor-Leste. How do you respond to, say, James a few minutes ago when he talked about the fact that these people, it is just so much a part of their lives. And here in Melbourne and Australia, secularisation is strong and it's probably getting harder and harder to really have people of strong, passionate faith. We have it here in Xavier in bit parts for sure, but there's a challenge for you. What do you make of that? Well, I think it it connects to a few different things. Uh, it's wonderful to have a vision for what the church could look like and what our communities, how vibrant our communities really could be. And uh, to uh, fixate on the trends that we see in our local area uh, and, and maybe um, allow ourselves to uh, let go of hope um, for what could be, would be doing ourselves a disservice. And in fact, Pope Francis recently announced that 2025 is going to be a jubilee year in the Catholic Church, and the theme is going to be Pilgrims of Hope. And I think an important part um, of, of hope uh, is the idea that uh, as having a vision for what could be, yes, it might be hard to get there, um, to, to uh, make the church in Australia as vibrant as it is in Croatia and Timor-Leste, that's a mountain to climb. Uh, but Having that vision and uh, buying into the idea that I can make a positive contribution in my own capacity, whether it's my, my work or in my family life or in my conversations with friends or with others or even strangers in the street, being that witness, being um, sharing my faith in a really positive way, being proud of being Catholic, uh, I think these are all uh, positive things uh, to take away from, from immersion experiences. Thanks. Great comment, Frank. And James, I've got to ask, um, I'm looking at you and you've got this magnificent scarf um, around your neck. Um, can you please tell 
uh, to all the listeners about it, describe it because they obviously cannot say it. So um, obviously but. this is a traditional Timorese tice. So um, it's these are hand-woven and completely made by um, sort of people around in the Timorese culture. When going to Timor, it's sort of really hard to support sort of local businesses. Obviously there's a bit of westernised sort of areas, but trying to get in and help sort of the people um, locally is kind of tough because there's not their tourism industry is like nowhere near any other countries. So when we were... We were very lucky enough to be taken to a ties market, which where they sell all these, and these come in a variety of colours, and a lot of them are hand woven with the Timor Lest, and um, it's a big significant part of Timorese sort of their way of living. I mean, it's not just worn as a scarf; it can be like the bigger ones are worn around your waist. They're used for traditional sort of um, outfits and dancing. We had a very lucky to sort of participate in a fashion show where they sort of kitted us out in a bunch of um, Timorese clothing and got us to walk in front of about, I think, 800 students, which was a bit intimidating at times. But, yeah, um, and they also, they, yeah, so obviously come in very manages of sizes. And this one was a very special one, given it, um, Collegio Sant'Ignazio de Lugia in um, Casite, which was um, given as also obviously the AMDG, which is part of sort of the Jesuits as well as their sort of initials. But, yeah, we've been very lucky to be blessed with a lot of these. And, Nick, as we come to... Uh around the grounds because we are sadly running out of time. Uh, the boys will have seen what James just described at the assembly, but it's not like a normal tie. It, it's a lot wider, isn't it? More like what we think of as a scarf. It, it, it's amazing. So folks who didn't come to the assembly and haven't seen it, it's just not your average tie that James is wearing. Let's go around the grounds. Yeah, around the ground heels. So as you mentioned, we do have an assembly today and it's all about um, students coming back and sharing to all the boys their experiences on their immersions um, and retreats over the holidays. So we've got some Year 10 speaking about their Kimberley immersion. Um, the Timor Leicester boys are going to come and speak to all the boys about um, their experiences and Joe Lee Colmay is going to speak about Kairos 41. Um, so it should be a great assembly. Um, and last week it was pretty cool. Um, uh, Archbishop uh, Peter Comensoli came and spoke to us. Um, so he met with... Uh, uh, staff at the college and then the wider prefect group as well and, and um, we were very fortunate to have um, you know an hour conversation with the archbishop um, so it was a great experience. He was in pretty good form. He was in great form and I remember he said um, he wants us to pray for uh, all the uh, Xavier people uh, who are going to World Youth Day in Portugal um, so they left last Sunday I believe so we've got roughly 11 Zavarians and two staff members heading over to Portugal um, for World Youth Day. So, um, And I guess we can also pray for them as a wider Xavier community. Um, so we hope they have a great time over there. Um, and we've also got a few different uh, things happening uh, at school this week. We've got the sing-off, the return of the sing-off. It hasn't been back for a couple of years. I've never been to one. But um, Xavier and a bunch of different schools in the EPAC Thursday night. Um, it's it's going to be great. Pitch perfect pretty much. Um and then we've also got a staff first students debate Thursday lunchtime. Um, so that certainly should be quite entertaining, I think. So, Bill, I just shake my head when I walk away from these Zev chats because they just keep being fantastic. And I think today this is right up with the absolute best. Correct. And it's lovely to reflect on all of the variety of things that constantly come through at the college. Uh, and it's lovely to be able to share that with a wider listenership. But in particular, when you get these moments of... of deep thought, deep reflection that go right to the essence of our humanity and to the faith-filled um, community that we uh, are and that we continuously strive to be. It's been a wonderful, James, having you. Uh, again, one of these ones where you could have just kept talking for mm. half an hour and listening to these stories coming out, but seeing how it's touched your life and how a determination coming through to make a difference 
both of, of sharing that experience with others, but particularly what you can continuously do, do for others. Frank, obviously the work of the entire team to be able to support these ventures, and but particularly be able to earth them back and reflect and be able to um, share experience in the way that um, the entire faith and service team do. Uh, it's great to see. So another great episode, Shane. Uh, terrific. Uh, Bill and Nick, uh, Frank and James, thanks uh, for joining us uh, on ZavChat. Denusia, who uh, went to Timor-Leste with you, uh, will join us in a few weeks too to talk about the Dare to be Different forum uh, coming up. So uh, that's going to be fantastic. So we look forward to another ZavChat seven days hence. Everyone, thanks for joining us. Please follow us on Spotify. But for now, that's ZavChat for this week.